0: Do you struggle with communication? Do you struggle with relationships and basic understanding? Are you able to see people and accept their differences of their vision of the world with compassion, with integrity? Or are you above all that? Whatever the answer may be, this episode is for you because one thing we all struggle in our human experience with is communication effective communication, communication for the healthy relationships, and communication with compassion. So let's get started. Hello, darlings. You're listening to Empowered Evolution, all things quantum, esoteric, energy, and mind related for your empowerment, mind growth, and ascension. I'm your host, Johanna Bradford. Today's guest is my colleague and dear friend. He's a trainer of NLP, timeline work, hypnosis, and coaching. He's an advocate for the LGBTQ community. Nate grew up in the Mormon Church in Utah. And he is the youngest of six children in a tight knit conservative family. His journey in coming out was a deeply personal, emotional, spiritual, and complexly layered pursuit. It led to his awakening and his deep inner work to unravel years of tremendous conditioning, patriarchal beliefs, and cultural beliefs. So much so that he was able to repair and establish a healthy relationship with his family. He now holds trainings and coaches the queer community, through their healing journey with compassion, love, and truth, which leads us to today's topic of relationships and communication. And I just want to highlight this real quick, Nate. Please welcome my friend, Nate Gardner. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What I love about this, my darling, is no one is speaking today that I know of in this virtual community on how to heal or what's possible in healing a relationship that's healthy with the family especially from a traumatic religious upbringing and you have figured out the golden ticket my friend so please I'm eager to dive deep into this subject matter what do you want to share with us about relationships and communication and what's important for us to know
1: sure um you know I I think it was kind of a perfect storm of my upbringing and where I come from and 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 so many factors and variables that that really led me to to healing and recreating and reconnecting with those family relationships. Um, In the Mormon religion, family is so important. It's it's huge. And so um, even though I left the religion and I came out of the closet, that still remained deep in my heart. You know, mm, <laughs> I, I, love that. I just, it, family was so, and still is so important to me. And I think one of the main things that really helped me to be able to reconnect with my family and work hard to rebuild those relationships was my intense desire and fire to, to reconnect i think a lot of people in especially in the the queer community they just they're so hurt and offended and and it's it's it can be such a toxic situation that they cut family off and never want to see them ever again and i totally respect that i totally respect that every situation is different every person is different sure. and um it it worked out in my situation for for me to create the environment for them to meet me where I was at, and for me to meet them where they're at. Um, and so, really, I think that other than my my deep desire to to reconnect, the most important thing for me was to really establish a deep relationship with myself, mm. and. I think this was the beauty of coming out of the closet was that I, I was given a new opportunity, a very clear and clean-cut opportunity to redefine my identity.
0: Absolutely.
1: To just completely redefine who I am and what I want, you know, like a second chance in life. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, so beautiful. And so it, it, it just, this is who I am now. And I talking to my family, I know where you come from, because that's where I come from, too. Mm. And I firmly believe and I know that there is a way that we can build relationships again of love and trust.
0: Despite uh, all the cultural beliefs, all the patriarchal religion. conditioning, the religious mm. upbringing, that is phenomenal. You are such a rad human being. I can't tell me more. Tell me more. I'm just like on my edge of my seat here.
1: <laughs> well, the the main thing that I wanted to talk about was that I've, I've noticed in my own experience and in the experience of the clients that I've worked with is that there are generally three different stages that, that people go through when it comes to relationships. It all revolves around boundaries and, um, holding them or not holding them you know um, in the first stage is kind of being at the mercy of the people around us. So um, for me I I was raised to be a completely different person than who I fundamentally am and those expectations of success taught me that, I wasn't supposed to uphold my own boundaries of my own identity of who I was. And if I can't hold my own boundaries for myself, then I'm completely incapable of upholding boundaries for anyone else. Sure. So whether, whether they're being oppressive or manipulative or honestly, truly well-meaning, if, they, if boundaries are being crossed, whether they realize it or not, I'm going to let that happen because I don't know how to uphold them you know it, it i didn't know how to uphold right. them it it was it, it was just this perpetual stage of being a doormat mm. <laughs> being walked over all over the place and then usually when when that stage comes to a tipping point then anger kind of sets in and that spurs change that goes into the 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 second stage that I've noticed that I've seen in my coaching is it's just like, I don't care. This is me. This is who I am. You have to accept me. You have to appreciate who I am. And if you don't, then you can fuck off, you know, <laughs> it's just like, right. So they, there's so much anger that I see in the gay community and I'll, not just in the gay community, but in the straight community, like everywhere. Sure. There's oh, so absolutely. much anger out there. And I'm not trying to villainize anger. Anger is a valid emotion. It is so important. It's 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 an integral part of our experience here on Earth as human beings.
0: Mm-hmm. It's useful. It gets shit done. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but oftentimes I would love to share that in my. It took me years too to understand my anger. What was it really about? Where did it come from? And what I realized in my personal experience, and also with my clients is that it oftentimes is the end result covering up something else, which usually was hurt or sadness or guilt or fear or shame. And once you get to the anger part, then that's when things are really going to shift and change for the better or the worse. Right. Right. Um, And I'm curious, can we explore that a little bit about boundaries? Because I think there's a lot of confusion on what it means to have a boundary. People think it's this really intense thing. It has to be a wall. It has to be severe. And it doesn't, at least no, not in my experience. How would you shape that?
1: Yeah. Um, really, in order to have a healthy relationship with boundaries, it kind of ties back to what I was saying before, is that you have to have a healthy relationship with yourself. You have to do the work exactly like what you said, Joe. You have to, you have to see what the anger is covering. Hmm. What is it hiding what are we hiding from with our anger? And that's different for everybody. But once you, get you me all teared up here. <laughs> oh, I love it. But, but once you get there, once you realize what's under there, and you bring closure to it, whatever that looks like, whatever process that is for you, then you're able to have love and compassion for yourself. And what's really important with upholding boundaries is love and compassion and respect for the other person too. Hmm. That's why in stage two, the anger stage, when you're like, everybody can jump in a lake, you know, if they don't like myself, if they don't like me and who I am now, is it's like, that's not healthy boundaries,
0: right because then
1: it cuts you off from true connection with other people you're cutting everyone else off from your life who doesn't think like you who doesn't look like you who doesn't like cause you to to grow and to think differently and to expand your knowledge and so much growth is at the expense of not being walked over and so what true boundary upholding looks like is is this it it's this interesting paradoxical duality kind of a situation where it's like, I know where you're coming from. I see you. I understand why you want to do this thing or ask this question or (sighs) there's so many variables here do where someone's coming from, where someone's coming from that that questions my boundary. And it's like, I see that you're doing this because of x, y, and Z, and that won't work for me because of x, y, and z. yeah it's you're you're not you're not matching their domineering assertiveness with more domineering assertiveness. You're just explaining the situation. It's just like it it won't work out because i've got I can't go to the party tonight because I've got an early morning tomorrow. Or I can't talk to you for another hour because I've got a client coming up or I can't, I'm not going to continue this conversation because we're both really heated right now and it's charged right now. And I don't see this going anywhere. So we're just going to put a stop in it right now. And we will come back at another time when I'm in a better place to have this conversation.
0: Ooh. Okay. And let me interject if I can. What I love about this Is what I'm hearing is that it's much more about not necessarily explaining because you mean, you don't always need to explain why you have a boundary, right? Right, right. It's one, it's respecting with compassion and love, the other person seeing them where they're at, but also identifying in a a way that is for yourself, you're like managing the expectation of why the boundary is there. That is so much different than offering an explanation because over explanation, is really, that's like a, that's a whole new wound. And that's a whole different wound that most people who are really angry often compensate for. And it usually goes within people-pleasing. So for the sake of our audience, dear listeners, we're not talking about people-pleasing right now. No. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're talking about managing the expectation, why the boundary is there. And that's such a healthy place to be because just by doing and being that, You don't have to have the other person, the other party be at a level that's trained or a level that's healed just by showing them that you are the example. And this is how it works because you simply gave them some respect and love and compassion and you reinforce that continuously. That is, that just leads into, they're going to shift and change without even knowing why, because you led through example. I love that, Nate.
1: That, yeah. That, that's it right there, Joe, right? The very last thing you just said was that you cannot control other people, but you can influence them in beautiful ways. Mm. Human beings will take the easiest route. <laughs> yes, they will. Human beings are very efficient, lazy, very efficient. <laughs> and so if you give them The most efficient, the most, if you give them the route, the most efficient route is to have a relationship of love and respect. They're going to take it.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) They're going to take it. You just have to take, you you just have to know what you're doing and be able to show them love and respect and to show them how to treat you Mm -hmm. and to treat them the same way that you want them to treat you. Golden rule, you know, it's all. This is all shit that we know. It is. It's. it's just that sometimes we forget about it and we get all caught up in the in the emotions around it because these are high stakes, you know. Especially in this in this particular situation that we're talking about with like family dynamics. It's this isn't this isn't romantic dynamics where if it doesn't work you just break up and then you don't have to see them again. Right. You can't just break up with your family. (laughs) Well. Yes, you, you can, can, but it's gonna be really difficult. Yeah. You can, but yeah. it's it's not like you can repl- and you can replace them. You can have a chosen family, and that's also really important too. It's it's just that if you can make it work with your born family, then I don't know that, and, and I think you can speak to this maybe a little bit more, Joe. I'm kind of putting you on the spot, that's but it's okay. just kind of like this, the, this this cosmic connection with the family that you're born into. You know, it's 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 a different kind of relationship. It is. Um yeah.
0: Yeah, um that's a whole episode some other time which I'd love to have you on yes. for, but what you're referring to is like choosing the family that you are born into for the lessons, for the surrounding and for like part of your soul's mission and in, in taking it up to like the quantum level where For the sake of this conversation, we won't go into that. that That'll be a different episode, but I understand what you're saying. Like because it's what you're born into, and that's where you spend your primitive years, and the years that your mind and your psyche and your emotions are so influenced, it's important to do that healing first before venturing out into relationships of any other kind. And maybe this won't resonate with everyone. That's okay. Because you're not at a point if you're listening to, and you're getting triggered and you're like, F this and I want to turn it off. Fine. Go ahead. That's great. We're not for you right now, but we'll be here when you are ready. Mm -hmm. So, but for those of you that are listening, and this is really sparking something for you, please hang on. And please know that despite what we're describing, it's not going to magically happen and be receptive the first time, maybe the first five times that you set these boundaries because that's a new way of being and the family unit has to adjust to that just as much as you're adjusting on your healing journal so it's part of recognizing where people are and their behavior which is like I think what you want to discuss next I'm like pre-cogging here but but like we're not responsible for anyone else's behavior damn it nor are we responsible for their emotions right?
1: right 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 Yeah. You know, and I, I love what you said just a few sentences ago where you're like the healing happens. What, and we don't know what that looks like. And that can look completely different for other people. For me, it looks like I can, like, I just went to my parents' house yesterday and helped my 70 year old parents finish canning applesauce. Oh. That's that's what it looks like for me. Yeah. And for other people it is completely valid to cut those toxic people out of your life and you can still have just as much closure and just as much healing mm-hmm. as someone who reconnects and goes over for Sunday dinner. You know, like so many yeah. people ask me like why are you still in Salt Lake City, Utah as an openly gay man? And it's like because my family's here. That's why, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a family man, and so <laughs> that's why I'm here. And it's it's not all unicorns and rainbows with my family. Like just just uh, four weeks ago or something, I had a conversation with a family member, and I was I was upholding a boundary. They sent me something on social media that was very Mormon themed. And I responded to them. I, I didn't respond to them over messaging on the social media platform. I, I saw that I waited till that I saw them in person the next time. And I said, you know, this thing that you sent me kind of made me feel these emotions because of these reasons. And I understand that you wanted me to feel included in the family because you send it to multiple family members, you know? Um, and it's, kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't situation. I totally get it. I just want to have open communication with you. And boy did it turn into a conversation. <laughs> like, "Share okay. more about that." They're like, "Okay, well, if you can talk to me about things that I do that's uncomfortable for you, then can I talk to you about things that you do that's uncomfortable for me?" <laughs> I'm like, oh. "Yeah. Yep, let's do it. Let's go for it." They went off for about seven to 10 minutes wow the only time they stopped talking was to breathe (laughs) oh my
0: god well we all have one of those in the family (laughs) we
1: all have one of those right and it was just like you're doing this you're doing this you're doing this you're doing this and it bothers me because of this and this and this and blah 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 blah. you know going and going and i'm like nathan do not lose your shit (laughs) <laughs> and I said to myself, like, practice what you preach. Here we go. This is the moment of truth. Let's do this, you know? And so I kept eye contact with this person. I was smiling. I was nodding. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that they knew that I was listening to every word they were saying. Wow. And they were slinging, like, some very hurtful things, you know, the, the Mormon church is all about family, all about family and genealogy. You know, it goes, mm-hmm. we both on my dad's side and my mom's side, pioneers trekking the planes to found Salt Lake City. You know, and it's just like, we go back generations and generations and it's husband and wife, husband and wife. Nowhere in our generational line is there husband and husband. And I'm like, well, there is now. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> But, Ooh, until but now. <laughs> the key is, is that I didn't say that in the moment. I didn't say it. And some people will say, well, that's a doormat situation. You got walked over and that's not asserting your boundaries. And instead I would, I beg to differ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. And what I chose to do instead was I let that family member empty out all that they all that they needed to say and when they stopped talking then I just responded and said would you like to hear my response I love it wow and if they said no then I would say okay I'm going home now but they said yes Well, if they said, no, I probably would have said a lot of those things that you said was very hurtful. And maybe we can talk about this another time, but I am going home right now sure, so that they understand the gravity of, you know, they can't just do that. But I, and I took it so that I could respect them so that I could see them so that they could feel heard and valued Mm -hmm. because, because I realized, and I knew everything that they were saying had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with me. They were triggered. They were concerned. They were scared. And I could see it as clear as day. (laughs) So, I mean, I didn't take any of those things too personally, you know, I mean, enough to uphold the boundary, but not like, those persons, that person's opinions and words of me have nothing to do with my value as a person or my identity. Bingo.
0: That's huge. Do you mind if I ask? Cause this is so powerful and so fascinating. So first and foremost, one, you identified and knew that that person's emotions and their actions, their behaviors, if you will, aren't that person. They're just where that person is at emotionally, correct? So given that, and you know where you are emotionally and where your boundaries are, but to have the profound experience of letting that person empty out and say all the things they need to say, keeping eye contact with them, Mm -hmm. nodding and smiling to know that they were seen in her. Do you think that that why? they were so open to hearing your response after they emptied out because they felt seen, heard and respected.
1: Yeah, I would think so. I mean, there's no way to know for sure, but I, yeah, I would think so. And so it, it just really set the stage for me to say, to then go through their concerns and I won't go into the details, but it's just like, yeah. I can understand that. I can see why that would be concerning. And you don't have to worry about that because of X, Y, and Z. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. You know, and it it was just, it was really great, you know? And I understand that there are so many people out there who'll be listening to this, just be like, well, my family members are like verbally abusive and physically abusive and abusive in every way, shape and form. Mm-hmm. And holding still like that, you know, like this is not, this is not a a template of what everybody should do in every situation. This is just one example of, of using your, using your discernment to read the situation, to not add to the drama. Mm to not feed the drama in any way, but to diffuse the bomb. (laughs) Sure. And to respond in a loving and respecting way. And then how, I mean, nine times out of 10, when you do that, they will respond in a loving and respecting way because if they just fly off the handle again, then they'll feel like a three-year-old and they'll really see how much of a three-year-old they're acting, you know?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, it's what you're demonstrating or what you demonstrated and you're now conveying to us in this conversation is tremendous self-responsibility, tremendous self-leadership and what it really takes Is so simple of a shift, but to actually sit there in the height of someone slinging whatever they sling at you, because I I have a very distinct memory of when I had that kind of come to Jesus, so to speak, conversation with one of my family members. It was parents, and they were very volatile in every capacity, and I just remember sitting there very stoically being like, are you done? Okay. And having to keep breathing and keep breathing and just, I didn't have all this training, (laughs) but I just knew if I stay calm, this is going to get resolved in a healthier way. Yeah. I don't know where that came from, but what I'm saying is like, Nate, I'm just in such awe and I love how beautiful this, because I guess that's a level of detachment from the which is really the hard part about family dynamics. Let's be real. When it comes to family dynamics, we get sucked in right away. Mm -hmm. There's like that old pattern that comes up, but you are coming from a place where you redefined what your identity is and was for you. And as a result, you're living from that truth and that authenticity and you can't fuck it up. You can't get it wrong. What the adjustment is, is realizing that other people's behavior and other people's, Emotions is feedback on what they're doing, where they're at, excuse me. And it has nothing to do with you, just like you said. That's so powerful. And that really lets us off the hook from taking responsibility for other people's emotions and actions. And that really removes us from the dysfunction of said relationship that was dysfunctional.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And when that happens, the love and respect naturally happens because you're able to see them for who they are. Mm -hmm. They're a scared person. You know, like I, I can, I can see what really, what really gave me um, so much love and compassion for my family, even though it was a struggle for me to come out of the closet was I had this concept of, especially for my parents, especially for my parents, they were grieving the son that they raised. Wow. It was as if I died in a lot of ways for them, because according to their religion, the only way for me to get to heaven (laughs) is very prescribed, you know, Mm. and living a gay lifestyle is not that way. And so they were not just concerned for my relationship, but for my eternal salvation, you know, and I'm, it, it just, and I was able to see the gravity of what they were wrestling with because that's where I come from. That's how I was raised. I didn't come out of the closet till I was 27 because I tried for 27 years to be as straight as I possibly could be. And I was at the end of my rope. Like if, if I could have become straight, I probably like, if that was a possibility, if I could somehow figure that out, I would have done it. And I am so grateful to God, the universe fill in the blank (laughs) that I wasn't because this created the opportunity for me to Learn so many lessons about myself, about personal development, about relationships, about like, I I know that my relationships with my family now are stronger now, me being out of the church and living my life than if I was living the way they wanted me to.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Yeah.
0: And do your family members feel the same way? Have you had that conversation with them? Ask them? Just out of curiosity, you don't have to answer that if you don't want.
1: (laughs) I don't think I've ever put it that way before. Actually, to be to be honest with you, (laughs) this this podcast is just bringing up um, that statement that I just said I've never said before. Oh wow! (laughs) And so, like that was a huge realization that I just realized in the moment as I was uttering the words. Oh, it's perfect. And so this this is going to be an interesting conversation that I'm going to take to my family members, especially my parents, you know, to just yeah. be like, do you think that we would have had, I don't know, just hypothetically speaking. Yeah. Well, we may have to have a part two so I can tell you.
0: What <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I just want to thank you for being so vulnerable and honest. And, and that's what this podcast is about. It's not just... And as you know, like there are no coincidences. Everything happens exactly how it's meant to in the order it's meant to. It's divine order, it's divine timing. And this conversation is as authentic and real as it can be. It's like, <laughs> why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be anything else? Right? right. So I just wanted to acknowledge you for that.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you so, so, did you have something to share? Like you had mentioned, there was a quote that you wanted to share earlier before we started the past, is that still
1: relevant or now? Oh, um, let me see. Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: Well, is if if now's the timing of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This okay. is perfect timing. So really quick. Um, I love this book. It's called outrageous openness by Tasha silver. Um, and it's all about detaching. And, um, trusting in the divine. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm on like my fourth time reading it. And she gives this example of going through security at the airport. And she talks, <laughs> she talks about how she has like rings on every finger and shawls and like eight layers of clothing. And it takes her longer to get through security than a mother of twins with twins, you know, like <laughs> it's so funny. And so she's like, I'm paraphrasing this a little bit, just take sure. like a little time. Okay. And um, she's like, I'm going to do things different this time. And so when she gets there, she exits the line just slightly, organizes all of her stuff, and then asks to get back in the line when she has her stuff. And um, she says um, she has to get back in the line. Um, and then suddenly the, the woman who she asked to get back in the line, suddenly her face twisted into a dark mask of anger. She screamed, listen, lady, I don't care about your freaking story. Just get back in the goddamn line. (laughs) Wow. Okay. 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 And then, um, the author goes to say, um, years ago. Still, at the mercy of my sensitive nature, I would have surely burst into tears, sulked away in the sulked away like a chastised child, and apod- apologetically re-entered the line near someone new ten years later. I might have matched her fire, smashing back her rage like a toxic tennis ball, and telling her to go to hell some odd kind of progress <laughs> <laughs> i I kind of want to differ just slightly there I think that's a good progress not odd kind of progress I think that's good progress the problem is when people stay there you know yeah um and but she continues to say but now there was door number three as she attacked a sense arose within me wow this poor disturbed lady she can barely get through the day this has nothing at all to do with me I grinned into her steely eyes, got back in line, and got back in line. Standing nearby, I could feel the poignancy of her explosion. And I had an overwhelming sense of someone who had never been listened to, whose voice had never been heard. No wonder she was so pissed. (laughs) All I could feel was, this is how she talks to herself. This is how she was treated. So... Anyway, then she continues to say that, as she goes through the line, she's sending energetically sending her love and peace. And then that's kind of, and she's like, for all my attempts in preparation, chaos still found me at the airport once again. <laughs> you know, like, there's no necessarily like, happy ending to that story. It's not like that lady saw the light and apologized and they became like pen pals after that, you know? Sure. Like, it's just, this author was still able to learn a deep lesson regardless of the outcome, regardless of what the other person chose to do. Because it was an inward lesson.
0: Right. It was about the the relationship with herself her intention had nothing to do with the other lady the intention was for her to get her shit together to go through this line right right mm-hmm. and to try to not affect as many people as possible and yeah. that means like the tsa and the folks behind her and in front of her and it just so happened in the moment she was able to be like oh this is this shit right here is not about me it's about that person huh yeah. okay and wow and here's the thing: not every story has to have a happy ending or a negative ending or anything. Sometimes the story is just this is what happened, and as a result, I happen to get something out of it and I hope by sharing this, you get something out of it that's yeah. that's profound <laughs> in an airport line.
1: I love it. <laughs> it was just so funny i I read that chapter I'm like that is exactly like. <laughs> those yeah. three steps those three stages that is exactly what I see in my own life th- th- what I've seen in my own life and my clients over and over and over sure. I'm like oh I love that story it explains yeah. it so well yeah
0: the boundaries the detachment the vulnerability the place of love and compassion I
1: just understanding yeah
0: yeah yeah and really being clear about what's your BS and what's someone else's BS.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Just,
0: I love that. That is, today has been so profound. This is such a tremendous example of what's in, internal healing work is about and what's possible as a human being. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't stop, audience, listen to me and listen to me good. Stop being in love with your fucking trauma, <laughs> it is not who you are. It is not your identity. You are not what happened to you. And it's possible to be a whole healthy human being with all that. Right? Like it's, that's the whole point. It's the human experience. There's just some shit that happened to you, but if you're going to wear it like a medal on your chest, we got news for you. <laughs> um, Amen yeah it's just so that's i we hope that this has served you today, all right, my darling. please tell me how does this audience get a hold of you? How do they get to work with you, Nate?
1: okay, well, um, my Instagram handle is kind of a play on words. it's Namas Nate <laughs> <laughs> Namas period Nate. okay, nice, um. And I do have a Facebook group specifically for gay men. It's called the Gay Men's Elevation Tribe. And um, what I do in there is I add um, personal development resources. I add trainings in there sometimes. And it's a free group. You just apply to join and we'll add you in. And um, yeah, I, I, (laughs) I specifically work with, I, I primarily work with gay men, um, mm-hmm. but I am happy to work with everybody in the queer community. And yeah, that's what I do.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. All right, audience, please know that I will provide Nate's IG handle, his Facebook group link, and also uh, the title and author of the book that was mentioned in case you're interested and want to read that as well. So. <sighs> I don't even know where to go from here today. I feel like it's a mic drop from my dear friend, Nate (laughs) Gardner. So thanks for listening. You've been listening to Empowered Evolution, all things quantum, esoteric, energy, and mind related for your empowerment, your mind growth, and your ascension. It's been an honor. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Empowered Evolution for all things spiritual, quantum, energy, and mind-related, for your empowerment, mind growth, and ascension. If you liked this episode, subscribe to listen to the next. Share with your friends, and I'll see you next time.